Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We are beginning a new series today called On Earth as it is in Heaven. Let's begin reading in verse 5 and through to verse 10. This is where Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So obviously Jesus is talking about prayer. Verse 7, he says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is an incredible statement. I want you to think about what Jesus is praying here. Jesus expects all of his prayers to be answered. Amen? Can we start there? This is not a wish list. (laughs) Okay, This is his faith list. This is him saying, this is how it's going to be. Amen. Amen. He speaks to to storms and they quit. He speaks to fig trees, they drop dead. He prays this, this is what happens. And he needs for this to happen. We need for this to happen. When he prays, he believes and receives it at the same time. See, he had a different perspective to us. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. He prays, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus dealt with everything on earth as not only the creator of all things, but in view of how it all behaved in heaven. I want you to think about that. Since that's where he originally came from. And that's the reason why he says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, a lot of people miss this when he's talking because they're so focused on being born again, being born from above, that they miss what he actually goes on to say. He makes some incredible statements in John chapter 3 verses 11 through 13. In the King James it gets lost. Okay? So here it is from the New Living Translation. He says, I assure you, I'm telling you what we know and have seen. And yet you won't believe us. But if you don't even believe me when I tell you about things that happen here on earth, listen, how can you possibly believe if I tell you what is going on in heaven? Did you hear that? Verse 13, he says, For only I the Son of Man, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. Let that sink in. You see, we don't follow some religious leader. We don't follow some good person. He came from heaven. He's going back to heaven. He knows exactly how heaven operates. Everybody else guesses. (laughs) Okay? Because that's all you can do if you've never been there. Everybody born in this earth is born in this earth. They didn't come from heaven, they were born in this earth. But there was one that came from heaven. And he has told us very clearly here, I've come from there, I'm going back to there. I know exactly how there works. Amen. 
So, I want you to begin to understand now, when Jesus starts to teach His disciples how things work, He is trying to give us a picture of what heaven is like, and how this prayer is going to come to pass. You see, if we don't do what He has asked us to do, if we won't do what we have been made responsible to do, given the power and the authority to do, which we'll look at in just a moment, then this thing will not come to pass in our life. It is going to come to pass. He prayed it, it will come to pass. The big question is, are you going to be a part of that or not? Now you just being in this church, you have a very high probability of being a part of that. Amen. Amen. Because you are hearing. And I'm preaching it to you. And you are going to hear and hear and faith is going to come. Amen, Amen, alright? Which is the reason why we put it on the web and everything else as well. You you can't just hear this one time and get it. You need to hear and hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Amen. You need to hear and you need to allow it to go from your head into your heart. Right now it's going into your head. Okay? You need it to go from your head down into your heart. It's called meditating God's Word. It's called renewing the mind. It is what allows us to walk in God's perfect will. Let's continue. So Jesus knew exactly how things were meant to behave. And why it was so important that we too have access to this heavenly perspective. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. He says, And has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because I know we're all going to say, yeah, well, how does that help us? He came down from heaven. We have Buckley's of getting up there. (laughs) Okay? We're never going to know how things work. Except Jesus did something miraculous. Not only did He ascend and sit at the right hand of God, He made us sit together with Him in heavenly places. See, family, we now need to have the same perspective Jesus had. Not from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. Whenever we look from earth to heaven, we're seeing the problem and a hopeful solution. Whenever we look from heaven down to earth, we see the solution. We say, you can't stay that way. Because that's not how you were created. Amen. See, this is the reason why Jesus never allowed things to just continue the way they were going. Everybody will go, well, you know, that's just life. Jesus looks at it and says, no, that's not life. That's messed up life. (laughs) Okay? That's not how I create. Remember, all things were created by Him and for Him. He knows how it's meant to work. If He tells us that's wrong, we don't sit there and argue with Him. Yeah, but stop. You don't know what you're talking about. When we add to this, what the Apostle Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, where he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So not only are we seated in heavenly places, but we have His mind. I want you to think about that for a minute. When we pray, see this is one of the reasons we need to pray. And prayer isn't the thing that you set aside half an hour and you get on your knees and you kneel beside your bed and you know you mumble a few things for a little while and go, oh thank God that's over with and you get up and walk off. (laughs) Okay? That's not prayer. That's just a religious activity that you're doing. The Apostle Paul never said, pray for half an hour next to your bed like this. What was the thing that he said? Two words. 
pray always. That means we are to be in constant communication with God. There's not a time when we say, well, that's it, God. See you tomorrow. Bye. Because there are things we want to do we don't want you involved in. Hello. <laughs> okay? Uh, don't forget, He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Not just in the bad times when you think, oh, I know I'm not alone because Jesus is here. But all the other times when you want to keep Him out the door, He went in with you. It doesn't work like sometimes He's there and sometimes He's not. He didn't say, I'm with you. Always in the most convenient times. <laughs> okay? He just said, I am with you always. Full stop. That's the reason why 1 John 1.9 doesn't say if you confess your sin. He doesn't need to know about it. He was there. He says, can we please acknowledge you messed up? Amen. That's what the Greek word there says. It, doesn't, it isn't the word confess. It's acknowledge. That's why he says, if you acknowledge your sin, then he's faithful and just to forgive. Isn't that wonderful? He still forgives you and cleanses you of all unrighteousness, even though he had to go through it with you. Whatever it was, complaining, telling somebody off, getting mad, whatever. I could go down the list some more, but let's stop there. Okay. (laughs) So it's no wonder then that Jesus said, and I want you to see all of this in light of Jesus saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. In light of this, you can understand now where Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. He is saying you don't understand the power that resides in you. You have no idea. You have learned so well how not to believe things, how to let your head rule, and your head is ruling with sense knowledge, and is... Remember again what I said to you before, that the, the, the moment that Adam sinned, he went from living out of his spirit to living in the natural. Can you imagine Adam's prayer life? You know, we've never talked about any of these things. Can we talk about this for a minute? Do you know something? Adam would have walked in faith every day. We can only imagine what all he used to do. And even then I think we'd fall short. If only we could see what was actually going on. Jesus comes down to this earth. He is called the second Adam. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay? Which is very interesting. I want you to see that now in terms of the first Adam. As the second Adam, he comes down and he starts doing some incredible things. Let's take for a moment the fact that they run out of wine and he turns water into wine. That's just chemically impossible. Do you understand? That's a chemistry miracle. Walking on water is a physics miracle. There's all kinds of miracles. There's biological miracles. When you lay hands on six and eyeballs pop out and all sorts of things happen. He created science and he can fix it all. And bend the rules. <laughs> okay? Alright? Are you all with me? And he says... You were made masters of this planet. It wasn't meant to dominate you. You were meant to dominate it. That's what Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says. Actually, you know what? Let's just go there very quickly. It says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, have dominion. It doesn't say, Be dominated. When Jesus says, Thy will be done on earth, 
as it is in heaven, he is saying, can you please stand up and take authority and change whatever is wrong so people don't make dumb statements like, if God is so loving, well, how come he lets this happen? See, Jesus showed what God's will was when he's going past a funeral. And it says that the only son of a widow has died. Hmm? And she has no way to live. And I'm sure everybody would have been saying, well, you know, God's ways are past understanding and all that garbage. And you know what? If that was the case, Jesus would have stopped and preached that sermon to her. Now, sister, God has taken your son away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, how religious can we get? You know what he did? He just, can we stop this? And he raises the kid back up and says, this is God's will. That isn't. Listen to me. Which means the kid didn't die according to God's will. Somebody needed to come and bring him back alive because that was not his time. It wasn't one of those things other religions talk about. It's written on your forehead or your brain or somewhere. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. Unless there's somebody there that will raise you up from the dead. Amen. we got to stop messing around with that sort of thinking, man. God is saying, if something is wrong, fix it. Don't sit there and complain about it. And don't listen to all the naysayers. Just leave them alone. All they'll do is complain about what's wrong, rejoice about what's right. They won't do anything to change it. You are the one that needs to do something. And that's why Jesus is praying. He didn't say, now, Father, I understand, good and bad, whatever happens is your will. Did he say that? He didn't say that. He prayed. He made a statement. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for us, therefore, to do this correctly, we need to know as it is in heaven. We need to understand heaven. I think we all have some kind of an idea of what happens in heaven. But we need to understand that we're not trying to make the earth like heaven. We're not trying to force it in that direction. The thing was, the earth was made in that image and likeness. We're just taking it back to the way it was made. Do you understand the difference? Okay, we need to get this now. If in your mind, you are looking at something, and you're saying to yourself, Oh, this is a mess. I need to push it and make it good. It's going to take a lot of work to get it from bad to good. That's difficult. Can I say it to you like this? How about if you looked at it as if the way it was made was perfect? It has now become this. And all you're doing is restoring it back to the way it was. You're, trying to, you're not trying to make it something it isn't. You're actually trying to get it back to the way it was. That's all you want to do. That's why Jesus, when he's in the boat and the storm comes, he turns, he stands up and he says, Peace, be still, because that's the way it should be. And this brings us to something else. Let's, let's move on here. I want to read in Mark eleven twenty three. I want to bring something out there. You say, oh, pastor, we've heard that scripture so many times. Hear it again. Get a new revelation. Are you ready? Okay. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus says, For verily, listen carefully now. For verily or assuredly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, did he say to this metaphorical mountain? I didn't hear enough yeses and noes. Did he say, 
to this metaphorical mountain because everybody preaches a metaphorical mountain. <laughs> Jesus said what? To this mountain. He's standing on a mountain and he says, whosoever says to this mountain, you're looking this mountain here? See, we need to get this because we're going to miss it otherwise. He says, if whosoever shall say to this mountain, the first question should come up in your mind is, I didn't know dirt can hear. <laughs> Think you know everything about Mark eleven twenty three? No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, he has just finished speaking to a fig tree, which was weird to start with. I'm sure the disciples did not sleep much that night. I'm sure there was a conversation that went on that night. Like, uh, you know who started it, right? Peter would have started it. Uh, he would have gone, uh, now that Jesus is asleep, did anybody notice the thing with the fig tree? Were you all there? We need to have a little discussion about this. We have given up all of our livelihood to follow a guy that talks to trees. And when he talked to the tree, nothing happened. Okay, it didn't just pop out of its roots and fall over and die. That would have been pretty amazing. It would have been, oh, that's really good. And nothing happened. In fact, he does that before he goes and causes a real ruckus in Jerusalem, which they didn't win any friends that day. Then they come back. I'm sure Pete ran up to the tree and thought, oh, please be dying, please be dying. Nothing was happening. It's like, oh, this is great. We got a religious nutball. Mother said, you know, you know Peter was married, right? You know his mother-in-law would have said something. No. <laughs> she would have he didn't heal her. But anyway, you know. <laughs> okay. But you know, people would have said, are you sure you want to give up a successful business to follow this guy around? Come on now. Let's be real. Because, you know, they would have been growing up and he would have said, when I grow up, you know, I'm not going to... He, he would have never have said, I'm going to follow this little guy in a white robe, you know, carrying a sheep under his arm around for three years. And none of that would have entered his mind. It would have been, when I grow up, I want to be a fisherman and I want to go out because that's what I love to do. And then suddenly, all your dreams, you just drop them to follow somebody. Who's talking to trees? Okay then. You understand? So, I'm sure Peter was going, you think it's too late to go back to our fishing business? You think they sold the boat yet? <laughs> I, you know, I would have been going, come on, can we be real for a minute? All your scenarios kick in now. It's like, now will that still be there? Okay, we'll get laughed out of it. That's the reason why he was so thrilled when they passed by the fig tree and it was dried up from the roots. And then Peter was like, yeah, we know we were following the right guy. We had no doubt whatsoever. I'm sure John was going, yeah, sure, like last night. <laughs> that never happened, right? Yep, okay. He now speaks to something else. Not just a tree that's planted in the dirt, but the dirt itself. That's right. I really need you to get this. And he says, whoever shall say to this mountain. Now, why am I bringing this up? A lot of times people say, well, with the storm, for example, and we'll look at that in just a minute, all right? With the storm, for example, they say, well, the devil made that storm happen. 
So he wasn't really talking to the storm. He was talking to the devil behind the storm. There's nothing there that says that. Okay? But with that reasoning, this doesn't work. What devil is working this mountain? Are you all here? There's nothing spiritual about this mountain. It's just dirt. Please get this. Okay. And so he says here, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, we need to understand everything that follows is talking about dirt now. Okay. Something that we would call not alive. Inanimate. You all, is that a big word? You all get that word? Okay, good. Okay, alright. And he says, Whoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. He's making statements. He's saying you need to tell it, number one, to be removed, and number two, where to go. It needs directions. Because it'll pick itself up and go, Okay, what now? <laughs> okay? You can just see this, right? The mountain is going, Alright, I'm up. Where do I go? You haven't finished this. You know, you have to be clear about where I'm going. And he says, uh, to go to the sea. Okay, that's not good, but okay. <laughs> I'm making this funny, but I need you to see this. You only give specific instructions to sentient beings. To things that can listen and understand you and need direction. If you're going to tell it to do something, you better give it all the directions. Don't just go, be thou removed. And it gets up and you go, oh my God, it removed itself. And it's standing there going, and? Now you're getting over the shock that something actually happened. Are you all with me? Please understand, because I know I'm spending a lot of time on this. But if you don't get this, you're going to miss something really important. In the beginning, God created and God said. And God said. And God said. And now God comes down and says, Something isn't right? Say. You speak to it. But brother, is it meant to be in English? Hebrew? Greek? Aramaic? Does the mountain understand all the languages? <laughs> Come on now. Right, let's just walk through with this, okay? So, so let's talk about the nature of when you speak. What's going on? Jesus, can I just continue reading here? And then we'll come back to it. He says, And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. That he believes what he says will come to pass. He believes that the sounds he is making out of his mouth are going to happen. That whatever his heart is expressing through whatever language, whatever he is using to get it out there. Have you ever noticed, you know, like with demons and demonic stuff, that they have little enchantments. They're always saying something. Have you noticed that? They don't just wave their hand around. They have incantations. Just the way you are meant to pray in the Spirit under your breath. You don't realize the power of praying in the Spirit under your breath. You're actually starting to speak stuff that's actually changing things for the better. While they curse, you bless. While things start to fall apart when they're around, things start to come back together when you're there. While there's strife and division when they're around, there's peace and harmony and unity when you're around. It's actually happened. 
the number of times people have said, every time you're around, things settle down. That's how we are to preach. Do you hear me? It's about what we do. Anyway, back to this. Notice he says, that shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. That those things which he says, the sounds that he makes, whatever he's communicating, from the heart will come to pass. And he says, he or she shall have whatever he says. Whatever noise you utter out, that is expressing your heart's will, will happen. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. When you're making those little sounds in prayer, believe you receive it. And you will have it. Let's continue on to one more scripture. In Mark chapter 4, because I need to look at both of these back to back. Mark chapter 4 verse 39. Then he, this is when they were crossing over the, the land of the Gadarenes. Remember? Jesus is going to go and deliver a demoniac over there. The storm hits. Alright, verse 79. Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea. He rebuked the wind. He he didn't say that he rebuked demons around the wind and the sea. You need to get this. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. He didn't say, be gone in my name. Okay? He said, peace, be still. He never said that to a demon. He said, shut up and get out. (laughs) Okay? But there was no peace there. Just silence. You understand the difference? (laughs) You know, when when the father says, shut up. That's not not peace. That's just silence. There's a lot of anger there maybe, but (laughs) there ain't no peace there. But notice here he says, peace, be still. He speaks. To the wind, he rebukes it. He rebukes it. He tells it off. (laughs) Again, I want you to think about this. The disciples are seeing him standing up, talking to the breeze. Like, oh dear Lord. What have we got ourselves into? And then he turns around, finishes with the breeze, turns around and looks down. And I can just see Peter going, oh, he's going to talk to the ocean. (laughs) Thomas says, I doubt that. And he goes, no, you watch. And he turns around and he speaks to the ocean. How stupid would that be for you and me to do? Because we have been taught it's dumb. We have to unlearn some things before we can start walking in this. Can I give you a little science lesson? Somebody says, I'm having trouble getting a hold of this. I can understand people and cats and dogs and insects and bugs. Okay, you talk to them and perhaps there's some, you know, understanding. But gee, you know, rocks, mountains, trees maybe, oceans, winds. Science lesson. When you break everything down, and you just kept going, do you know what you would hit? Atoms, molecules, protons, electrons, and a whole bunch of other things now that they've found. Which we won't go into. Okay? Little mini things, quarks and stuff. Anyway, when you, <laughs> when you go down to the atomic and subatomic levels, there's no one atom that is more conscious than another atom. Please follow me. Everything is made up of atoms. 
You guys are carbon and all that sort of stuff. It's an atom. Okay? Everything is made up of atoms. And all of those atoms have the same life in them. Please follow me. Everything is on the periodic table. None of it comes alive and talks to you. But it has life in it. And we are made up of a whole bunch of those things. Everything, listen now, is made up of those things. We're not going to find something that's not on the periodic table. And you know the only thing that makes one thing different from the other? I know this is a bit much, but just, if you can just follow me a little bit. The only thing that makes one element different from another element is the number of protons it has in its nucleus. It's the protons. One proton, hydrogen. Two protons, helium. Three protons, it goes on like that. Okay? I think six is carbon, and so eight I think is, is oxygen. All it is is the number of protons in an atom that makes it unique. So if you pulled out one proton, you would make that something else. Now, where in the periodic table, when you look at, when you hit carbon, which is what life is made of, a lot of living things are carbon-based. Hence, when you watch an alien movie, they are a carbon-based life form. Now you know what it means. Okay? <laughs> okay, without going into too much detail. All things were created by him and for him. The whole periodic table came about because Jesus put it there. Everything in it is alive. That's what we haven't figured out. We look at gold, for example, and we say, that's a rock. Don't talk to it, it won't answer you. You know how somebody has a pet rock? <laughs> and they talk to it every day? And you go, oh, they're nuts. Guess what? Jesus talked to a pet mountain. <laughs> okay? I need you to get this. He didn't see mountains. Please get this now. He didn't see wind and ocean. He saw what was behind all of it. His creation. They all come together in a certain way. And they all have His life. There is no life apart from God. All the life in this universe is God's life. Even the things that are not good originated with His life. If His life isn't in it, it will die. Do you understand? That's, that's what John chapter 1, I think verse 4 says. In Him was life. That's why He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a life. He said, the life. The life that runs everything. So when life connects to life, listen now, the superior life will change the inferior life. The one that's made in the image and likeness of God can change all the stuff that God created. Because it was all meant to be under His authority, His control. You need to get this. You need to start looking at everything, not as a mic, or a stand, or a pulpit, or a piece of paper. They're all atoms. They're all molecules. They all have a certain life to them. And you need to start seeing that and speaking to it accordingly. Yeah, now please don't do it in public. I don't want to get a call from some mental institution saying, we have one of your congregation here. He's been talking to the glass a long time. Would you come and get him, please? I don't know him. I don't know who that is. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. I need to quit, but I need you to see something here today. I need you to understand that you need to see things the way Jesus sees things before you can start doing what He did. And you need to have that faith. You can't be looking at it and going, Oh, this is really stupid. As soon as you do that, it shuts you down. If you believe, it will happen. If you are questioning yourself, doubting and calling yourself stupid and dumb, it won't happen. Are you with me? It would have been very challenging walking with Jesus. See, we look at everything as kind of all, you know, figurative, figurative. It was all literal. He says, I'm the bread of life. See, brother, he's figurative. Until he starts feeding 5,000 people with hardly anything in hand. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And they go, yeah, yeah, in the end. Until he raises somebody from the dead. And they go, oh, he actually meant what he said. He's not like all those religious preachers. Listen, we can't take away from the reality of what he did. Because then God's will will not be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God will continue to be blamed for things that He never sanctioned. And people will continue to say, if God is so loving, then why? It is time that we stepped into this. It is time that we begin to realize, whether it's a fever, whether it's a demon, whether it's cupboards that are bare, whatever it is, you speak to them. You know what you say to a bare cupboard? You be full in Jesus' name. You command it. You, you know what you say to a business that's going down? Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish my bank account. Amen. We still don't know. You know what we do? We complain. We have to stop complaining and start claiming. You have to start speaking. Listen. Atoms and molecules understand you. Do you know why? Because what they're hearing isn't your words. They're hearing a certain sound. I was going to get to this. Let me leave you with this. They are hearing a certain sound that is being emitted from your heart that is carrying a certain anointing and power that is there to change whatever is wrong. I hope I didn't get too technical. You need to say something. You need to make a sound. Jesus groaned in the Spirit. He made a sound. There were some things that He couldn't put into words, but dear Lord, what was in His heart came out and fixed it. You can make connections between your heart and whatever it is that needs to be changed through your words. You make the connection. See, when I'm praying for her and I say, be healed in Jesus' name, I've made a connection. The centurion says to Jesus, You don't have to come to my house and heal my servant. Speak the word only and he will be healed. He understood that out of the heart, as you start to speak, that authority is released. Things happen. Amen? Stop complaining about the way things are. Change them to the way you want them to be. According to God's will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.